0: and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show.
1: Happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well. If you'd like to join us today, 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's a D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. We've got a jam-packed program for you here today coming up at the bottom of the hour. Our good friend Bob Vander Plaats will be joining us from the family leader, and we're going to ask him to wade into... Uh, a debate that raged over the weekend on conservative Twitter. We will discuss that with you coming up here at uh, the bottom of the hour. Next hour, in in, in in lieu of our typical Monday town hall, which we've had fun with uh, since we launched that uh, several months ago, we're going to we're going to postpone that this week because we have a rare treat, something we don't often get a chance to do. And that is to engage someone with a dramatically different worldview directly in a conversation. Uh, it's not been for a lack of trying over the years. I can tell you that. And uh, Aaron used to book the show. Todd does it now. They can both tell you we have made ample oppor- ample um, chances over the years to to find, uh, people that have different viewpoints that would be willing to engage us head on. We finally have someone who actually volunteered to do this, came to us asking us to do it. His name is Christopher Hale. He worked in the Obama administration uh, a few years ago. He's uh, m- Maybe you've seen him on Fox News. He's a contributor for Time Magazine. And he wants to tell us why he believes Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, is in, in greatly, I guess, uh, emulates and is a model for... For Christian values and Christ-like virtues. Is that fair? Is that fair? Yes. All right. So we're going to have that conversation with Mr. Hale coming up in our number two. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
0: What happened while we were away brought to you by an act of terrorism. On Friday morning, a gunman opened fire in a classroom at the Naval Air Station in Pensacola, Florida, killing three and injuring eight before a deputy fatally shot him. The shooter was identified as Mohammed Saeed al-Shamrani, a Saudi national and a member of Saudi Arabia's military. Al-Shamrani was in the United States as a part of a joint program between the Pentagon and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia to train Saudi nationals to become pilots. President Trump read a statement from Saudi Arabia's king.
2: King Solomon of Saudi Arabia just called to express his sincere condolences and give his sympathies to the families and friends of the warriors who were killed and wounded in the attack that took place just recently, just this morning in Pensacola, Florida. The king said that The Saudi people are greatly angered by the barbaric actions of the shooter.
0: Speaking of Trump, he's reportedly decided against designating Mexican cartels as terrorist organizations. Quote, all necessary work has been completed to declare Mexican cartels terrorist organizations. Statutorially, we are ready to do so. However, at the request of a man who I like and respect and has worked so well with us, President Andres Manuel, we will temporarily hold off the designation and step up our joint efforts to deal decisively with these vicious and ever-growing organizations. The Washington Post published what they call the Afghanistan Papers, a series of internal documents which purportedly show U.S. officials systematically misleading the public about the war in Afghanistan. On the campaign trail, a seven-year-old girl in New Hampshire asked Pete Buttigieg about his views on abortion. I believe
3: that, that you uh, you make your decision know, on whether you
4: going to have a child and, and, and then you, and the decision is made and the
1: abortion is not part of it what do you, what do you think about that well um, thanks for first of all thanks for speaking up about this
2: and thanks for being here um, and I wish I was as tuned into to big issues when I was seven as you see <laughs>
0: And now this. The Daily Wire's Matt Walsh always seems to be one of two things. Horrendous bad take artist or full-on culture warrior. This weekend, he made up for all his horrible takes, like recently saying Triscuits are better than Ritz crackers and one time saying the Lord of the Rings is overrated and unwatchable. With a debate, he kicked off over pornography with a piece he wrote at the Daily Wire lauding a group of Republicans who are trying to get rid of or filter hardcore porn from the Internet. What followed was probably the most illuminating event in recent memory of the notion that there is no such thing as the conservative movement. The following people are either seen as conservatives or call themselves as much and came out hard in favor of porn. Kat Timp, National Review and Fox News, CJ Pearson, run-of-the-mill grifter, and Brad Palumbo, DC examiner, among many, many others, all making arguments akin to, if you don't want to see porn, don't watch it. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is, we should make pornography safe, legal, and rare.
4: Deberíamos hacer que la pornografía sea segura, legal y rara.
0: And finally, adventures at Walmart. Good afternoon, Walmart customers. If I may have your attention, please. Will Mr. Clinton hill meet your party at the grocery entrance? Mr. Clinton hill please... Go to grocery entrance to meet with your party. Thank you. Thank you. Let me know if he doesn't show up like in five minutes. Okay. And that's what happened while we were away.
1: <laughs> Somewhere Whatever happened to them, the jerky boys, remember them, Todd? Yes, I do. They made, they made careers for about uh, six months out of stuff like this before Caller ID and Star 69 came into the world and made it very difficult, okay? Uh, but uh, that woman is clearly from a, a pre-Star 69 and Caller ID era, so she just earnestly, God bless her, took the request, okay? Um, but somewhere, the jerky boys are, 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 are handing out helmet stickers for the Mr. Clinton killed Epstein Walmart page. That's... Absolute brilliance. Well done. Whoever you are, run for office. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Relief Factor. If you're one of millions of Americans struggling as a result of too much inflammation in the body that produces chronic pain, Relief could be just one website away. When you go to ReliefFactor.com, I can vouch personally for this product. I've been using it all year long and have seen tremendous results. And I too was skeptical. Could it really live up to the hype? Well, for me, it did, and that's why I want to offer you the same three-week quick start that got me started with Relief Factor as well. Just a dollar a day, nineteen ninety-five. That's all it takes to find out, to call their bluff way below cost, one buck a day for three weeks, to see if Relief Factor brings you the relief that you've been seeking. And what I love the most about it is not just the results. You can get results from other products on the market as well, but I like the way that it works, 100% drug-free, even though it's a formula of four key all-natural ingredients that was created by physicians. So these are real healthcare professionals. You know, often nowadays, we're kind of presented this choice between healthcare professionals and um, how do I treat my body as a living, created organism? How about we get rid of that false choice and we put those two things together? And that's what Relief Factor does. So if you want to give it a shot, try the three-week quick start for just a dollar a day at relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com So Aaron's montage, um, this was a, a the, the, the top line story that the the shooting at Pensacola was orchestrated by a Saudi national on what amounts to some form of an exchange program. And there's, there's other parts of this story that have come to light as well. The Washington Examiner is reporting that um, this was actually a team of Saudi nationals that pulled this off. uh, The shooter, and then there was, um, the rest of his team were filming it. They were filming the shooting while it was happening. So, I mean, clearly they intended this to be a a, a propaganda video, a recruitment video at our expense. And I kind of, and you guys can disagree with me I, I don't know that we've gone soft with it, but I think in the last, I just speaking for myself, let me just speak for me. I sort of feel like, you know, as we've gotten into pumpkin spice season and holiday season, that I've kind of lost the um, the serrated edge of the year of no BS. Do you guys agree? And It's okay to say yes. Have I lost it a little bit? I like my paycheck. It's okay. You can be honest with me. Is Have I kind of lost it a little a little bit. I can, I can feel it. Oh. You know, I can, I can sense it. You don't, I don't, do they have, do they, you know what? We need a year of no BS pill. If, if you have BS, um, uh, dysfunction, um, you, you take this pill. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm in a mood today to just level every shibboleth in my grasp. Is that okay with you guys? Go. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. um, I'll take questions I prefer not to ask because none of the answers are good for $1,000, Alex. But let me ask it anyway. Can someone give me a reason why a guy who became a serious presidential candidate on the issue of immigration and building a wall and got elected president largely on these kinds of issues you know, we, we are inundated every time there's a shooting in this country. Well, let me rephrase that. Every time there's a shooting that the shooter can fit the narrative of left media, because there's, there's been several shootings that, you know, we couldn't bury those things quick enough. And not just in Las Vegas, the worst of them all, but there have been others where those shootings just couldn't get buried fast enough because they don't fit the narrative we're after. Right. So when we are subjected tragically to a shooting that fits the left media narrative, Shows like this and platforms like this have to spend the next two or three days, right, deflecting off of politicizing the tragedy by advocating policies that would actually not deter the tragedy from happening, right? Right. Isn't that the dog and pony show that we all have to go through this? Pavlov hits the bell and we show up dutifully like his dogs and let's do the time warp again, Right. Yes. Haven't we done this? I've, I've done. Do you want to talk about I'll take shows I'm sick of doing in my career for a thousand dollars, Alex. That would be way up high on the list. Then can someone explain to me why the America firsty president isn't today losing his damn mind over a shooting that absolutely lines up with every speech he's ever given on this topic? Where is the incensed president? And this is why we need tougher immigration laws. And this is why one of the first acts I committed as president was to initiate a ban on travel from countries that house terrorists from the same list that Barack Obama's State Department, the same seven countries Barack Obama's State Department was going off of. That they just handed off to my administration when we took over from them. Are there any good answers as to why? Because this is one that absolutely could have been avoided with the right policy. This is one that absolutely people would be alive right now. At least three people would be alive right now. If we had a sane immigration policy. If we operated the immigration policy of the people who founded, built, maintained and passed on this country that's declining right before our eyes. As I've got to explain to people, hey, what does pansexual mean, and why is the guy playing Lando Calrissian talking about that? Where is the drumbeat? Where's my where's the peers in our media here, conservative media? Do you, do you know? Do you know where they are? We have peers. I, I, I'm asking. I don't know. I I don't I don't. It's I, I know where they are. I'll tell you where they are. inundating your inbox and your Twitter account for those few of you that have it with impeachment hot takes about how nobody cares about this, which is true, yet they keep writing the same column and doing the same show that reminds everybody you don't care about this. That's where they are, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's where they are. Meanwhile, three people are dead because this president isn't serious about this stuff. And I'll just tell you, Why he's not serious about this stuff? Because as we speak right now, thousands of U.S. troops are defending Saudi Arabia and not your border from the Saudi Arabians. Which country were almost, I believe, all but one of the 9-11 hijackers from? Quick quiz, Todd, do you remember? Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. When you heard that the shooter in Pensacola was on a military aviation program and he was from Saudi Arabia. How long did you take before you knew this was terrorism? A nanosecond or less? Then it took too long for you. These are headlines that come with their own analysis
4: Steve, don't you remember though the first couple of weeks of uh, Trump's term, though, when the courts told him he's not allowed to prevent um, immigration from uh, countries over there because it's Islamophobic? I mean, his hands are tied, Steve. Yes, the I know. I know. Spoken. There's
1: nothing we can do. I know. I know. There's nothing we can do but call Fox and Friends. I know that. I know. And and I know. And I I know. I know. There's nothing we can do but call Fox and Friends. I'm I'm well aware of that. I'm I'm well aware of that. And we are still pulling body bags out of Afghanistan. There's a giant scoop today. The last two administrations just lied right to you about what was going on over there. Again, how many of you are shocked at this revelation? Why the hell are we still there? Someone explain to me what is America first about letting Saudis come to our country to murder our people while filming it as a terrorist recruitment video. But we protect the poppy fields and borders of Afghanistan more than our own. And and oh, by the way, we're a hell of a long way from I'm going to build a wall and Mexico's going to pay for it to, you know, I'll just sit back and uh, Mexico told me that this time they promised me they were going to do something about the drug cartels. Again, the year of no BS. Let's roll. You really want to know why? He didn't designate them as a terrorist organization on Friday. You know why. You know. You know. You just don't want to say it. and But I'm going to say it right to your face, and you're going to get pissed at me for it, which will only confirm to me that it's exactly what I should tell you right to your face. Because of what I said on this show last Friday when we talked about it. Do you know what the fallout is of declaring a president telling the American people this is a, te- a terrorist enemy and then not following through. Like, like when you tell the American people, this is a, these are terrorists. Like the expectation is what after that, like in five minutes, what do we see? in them yeah yeah mushroom clouds Eighteen twelve overture yeah yes we we see mushroom clouds we see grainy black and white surveillance videos of what used to be known as compounds right i mean that's what we fully that's the expectation pretty much every american has that's not a communist okay cool let's roll let's do this if you declare them a terrorist organization and then don't do those things like you didn't follow up on how many other things like your emergency declaration for your wall like that so if you do that with it like repealing Obamacare like draining the swamp stuff like that and, and, and can I just tell you right now Aaron I was going to say this off the air I'll say it here in front of the audience whenever this stupid IG report comes out mm. you, you uh, direct order from me I don't want it mentioned on my montage and we are to book no guests on it, Todd. Understood? Good. It doesn't exist. Why? I'll tell you why. Let's just have a let's have a show meeting in public, can we? Why not? So you're of no BS. Why? Because what is the point of covering something that will result in nothing? W- w- I don't care. So go get your clicks from that, your click jollies from that somewhere else. Not going to come from here. I won't read a I won't read a, sec- I- I won't read a-, 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 a syllable of it. I'll have no analysis. I don't care. I'm in full Phil Collins mode. I don't care any mo-wo. From now on, come to me when there's people in handcuffs and bad guys are dead. We're going to, you guys always tell me, Steve, be more pragmatic. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, Steve. You know, it's really just about the bottom line. We're conservatives. All It really matters is the bottom line. Okay. Come to me. When folks are in handcuffs and body bags, all right. When when uh, when I when you when we start counting and piling up the bodies of the drug cartels, and when your deep statey hacks are in handcuffs, come to me then, and I'll go back and read all your reports and listen to all your podcasts then. Otherwise what's the point of any of this it's 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 worse than political porn there's no money shot there's no payoff i mean this this is this what's the point of any of this there, there is no point it's just being told that the reason you don't get the results you want from your elected officials is the boogeyman is out to get you If if you can't navigate around CNN's primetime lineup, Andrew McCabe, I, I'm, I I beat Peter Strzok's ass in school. I can't tell you how many times. Like when we went through drills in sports, I looked at I I, I looked for the kid that looked like Peter Strzok and tried to make sure I ne- negotiated my way in the line so that I was lined up against him because I knew that was a W. If you can't navigate your way around the NBC, MSNBC primetime lineup and the Peter Strocks of this world, then I, 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 don't, I, I don't care. I don't. So from now on, new rule. If there is no reasonable expectation that anything will be done about any of this, this program does not care. And every time a topic comes up, we are to check each other and ask each other, will anything ever be done about this? And I mean this in the platform of, of scandal or conspiracy or um, uh, uh, corruption. If nothing will be done, then we're just going to move along. What is the point of this? Go get your political porn somewhere else. There's plenty of people willing to peddle that for you. You are lining their pockets for them. Go there. I'm not going to do that here. No, I'm, not, I'm, I'm getting too old losing too much hair to waste my time with stuff that nothing will end up coming of it. And so you're going to have 2000 troops right now, 2000 American troops are standing a post over Mecca. Who knows how the hell more we have, how the hell many we still have in Afghanistan, because apparently we can't trust them to tell us the truth about that at all. Which isn't even in the middle East, by the way, and and outside of its drug trade, has really no stri- strategic importance. Let's we'll say the Taliban will come back. Then drop a damn Moab every time they do, and we move on. In fact, paint on the side of it "We're America, bitch," and then and then drop it. That's you okay with that? Right? Moving on. I, I I mean I was told that was their foreign policy. Remember we got that quote a couple of years ago. That's our foreign policy stance. Remember mm-hmm. that? I'd like that foreign policy. Would you like that one?
4: Bet Well, more than now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, whatever we're doing now. So, which is we keep doing all the stuff that we wanted the old guys out of office for doing while taking the blame for it on top of all this uh, dwarf on deep state stuff where the dumbest people imaginable prove that Peter principle is true and then go on CNN in front of audiences of dozens to brag about how they stepped on rakes and banana peels is that is that pretty much where we are right now yep okay so you can explain then Mr. president to those families why why they their family members are dead and why you've got more troops right now defending Mecca than our own borders. And if a Democrat were president right now or anybody who's name, who, anybody with any attachment to Bush was president right now, we'd all, I, I wouldn't have to say this because every show on and column before me and after would have said it already. I don't care about the next election or the next Rasmussen poll. I care about the next generation. What, what is this plan? Where Saudis come here, shoot our people. Yeah, I like this almost as much as I liked the. Um, Erdogan comes here, his security attachment beats our people, and then we hand him Syria. I like. Did you like that plan? I thought that was kind of, that was kind of, cool. That was sweet, right? Yeah, good times. No, 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 that's a that gets you all hashtag America first, Aaron, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean absolutely. How about hashtag America First on Saudis come here, kill our people, and film it while we send our people to defend Mecca from people like this guy that's killing our people on our own soil. By the way, I'm sorry, here's another lie. Um, we we have to go over there because we fight them over there so that we don't have to fight them over here. That's working really well. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's like watching your team bust out the wildcat in 2019. Like they're the 2013 Miami Dolphins. That talking point's one of my favorite canards, right? I, I thought Trump got elected so we wouldn't have to deal with canards like this anymore. But apparently not. So, we have to make decisions as a movement. No, we don't. (laughs) There isn't a movement. Yeah. We've already made the decision. We can make, yeah, the decision's been made. Get the click show. That's the decision. The decision's been made. That decision's been made. So that's what we're going to do. So enjoy beating Elizabeth Warren or Pete Buttigieg uh, or, uh, um, you know, incompetent uncle Joe, You know, get your jollies off of that political spanked or vision. Enjoy that next year. And then right after you're done, know that you're just going to continue pretty much all of their policies, whether they had won or not. But hey, judges. So did I sum the situation up perfectly? Tell me, I want to make sure I smashed every idol within eyeshot. Okay? If you guys see like, any ceramic or wood that that i have not shattered stepped on broken and cut people with please point it out to me now in the few minutes we have remaining here in this segment have is there anything left because i want to isaiah this sucker which side of the wood do you know to worship and which side do you know to burn that, that that's the mood i am in after the commute in a winter storm that I had this morning. Well, you haven't touched on porn being the price yeah. of money. I'm, saving yeah, I'm that hoping for the next, we're going to get to okay. that next That's segment. the next segment. Oh my God. That is that is the next segment. And can, you know what? dumb. And, and you know what? Can I just say? Just give us a taste. I can give you a taste. Do you, do you want to know? And I say this as a guy that's from the porn generation, that this has been, you know, it, a good friend of mine, um, Fred Stoker, co-wrote the book on the, uh, you know, um, it, uh, Every Man's Battle if you're of my generation or Aaron, my generation or the generations that's come after Todd, you and I's generation, then every male in this audience has fought the battle on some level with pornography. It's, it's, it's in the water table of the culture that we are in. And I am no exception. I have continued to fight this battle all of my life. So I know a little bit about this one. I've got some personal experience here. Let me just tell you, The brutal, honest truth. The vast majority of conservatives, in fact, I'm just going to say it, every single one of them that are defending the legality of porn over the weekend are doing so because they want access to it. And let's not pee on each other and claim that it's raining. Let's, Let's not claim some Randian higher principle because, by the way, she was a moral reprobate anyway. She was completely into licentiousness. So let's just can we keep it real? Sure. You want it legal because you want access to it. That's 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 and, what I believe is really this debate is about. People who want access to it want it legal.
0: And that's why you see otherwise pro-life people. That's why I put that in. Pro-life people making the exact same arguments that the moderate uh, pro-abort crowd makes in order to defend this notion somehow. It's the exact same arguments.
1: This is is my pet sin and you know what I can say this with authority because it's my pet sin too so I know I know this language I've spoken this language most of my life I grew up in this okay I get it All right, I'm part of the porn culture I brought my kid home to my and I had a crib in the same room I had my porn stash when she was a baby So everybody that you saw on Twitter over the weekend claiming to be conservative defending porn is doing so because they want access to it. And let's not lie to each other about that. We are back here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast, having a bit of a year of no BS revival. I'm Steve Dace, Todd, and Aaron are here with me as well. Uh, This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com. If you want to take advantage of still what is a pretty robust economy, uh, a booming real estate market, and plunging mortgage rates, timing is good, provided you like moving in the wintertime, but uh, although, you know what, it's winter here it, there's all kinds of places around the country that it's not winter, which is where I'd rather be living, where you are, where it's not winter right now, okay? But wherever you are, if you want to take advantage of the real estate market, make sure you go in though with an agent that you can trust, one whose track record of success has been fully vetted and proven, one whose understanding of the marketing of the community that you're buying and or selling in has been proven and vetted as well. And then, and then an agent who understands what professional courtesy means. It's, if you've never done this before, be prepared that it, the rapport between you and your agent is vital. It's a highly relational process. If the two of you get along and, and sort of see things eye to eye, the chances of it being successful, therefore, are much higher than if you don't. All right. So if you want an agent that checks all three of those boxes, go to It's It's different than the other referral services out there that are often about finding clients for agents. This one is about finding an agent worthy of having you for a client at realestateagentsitrust.com. Bob Vander Plaats from The Family Leader. Good to see you, my friend. How are you?
2: I was doing really good. I still think I'm doing okay. <laughs> when I saw you walk in, I was like, what are we talking you, about you today? Sense the,
1: you sensed the smoke coming out of my ears, right? And you're like, oh boy.
2: I said, so we're talking about Michigan football? So we're talking about four things simultaneously. Yes. So um, And
1: all of them are making me mad right now. All
2: right. but Well, happy Monday to you.
1: Happy Monday to you. Uh, I want to get... I want I want to have this conversation and you being here, you're a good person being that you run a pro-family organization, all right? But uh, over the weekend, uh, Matt Walsh uh, over at The Daily Wire uh, sparked what became a furious debate within conservative Twitter land over the banning of pornography. And he did this in reaction to four members of Congress, including Mark Meadows, who runs the House Freedom Coalition, have put forth legislation to do this, all right? Uh, and, uh, and they've also uh, urged the, the Trump administration's Department of Justice to essentially wage a, an Ed Meese, Reagan era kind of war on pornography, which of course, if you are in you know, the lefty political sphere, the, the amount of fun you're going to have with uh, asking Donald Trump to fight porn. Okay. Those, those headlines of course are going to write themselves. Right. But Hey, only Nixon could go to China. So maybe he's the one you never know. But, um, this kicked off a debate and, and I followed this pretty closely over the weekend. Just, I just sat back and didn't say anything. I just wanted to see what people were saying because I, I think you could have an argument, a process based argument that as a conservative, you're, you find it repugnant, but You're you're very concerned about anything that gives government control of filtering the Internet because out of fear of what your current government is capable of similar to I believe the death penalty is moral and biblical. I don't believe there's a biblical argument against the death penalty. But I can understand why someone who is pro-death penalty may decide in this current environment with the amount of people that we have later on found to be innocent on death row with modern forensic technology. Mm -hmm. All right, that the risk of executing innocent people with such an ineffective government is too high that based on the process by which it would be carried out and the vehicle that would be responsible for executing it that that therefore you're not comfortable with that process and that's why you're opposed to it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Similarly, I can understand why someone thinks I find it repugnant, but the last thing I want to do in an era where Gail King is interviewing Mark Zuckerberg and saying, by golly, can you please get your avocado toast uh, eating uh, millennials over there in your algorithm department to filter what people get to see? I can see why people might say, eh. You know, I'll take my chances that I can buy filtering software and, I, and for my own kids off the porn, but I can't filter them from government filtering me, right? Yep. Except, you know what I saw? Is that argument was almost never made. And I, this is why I decided to stay silent, because I was going to immediately wade into this with this point. And then when I saw the reactions that Walsh was getting, I said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit back here and watch the show. Because none of those process arguments were being made all of the arguments being made were the Frenchian arguments. Well, you know, this is just the price of freedom. You know, I don't, government should do, shouldn't promote anything good. We shouldn't have government promote anything good at all. And, and what I saw were the same arguments for conservatives who don't care about protecting life, conservatives who don't care about defending uh, marriage or family values or anything of that nature or conserving any of that, that in the end, if um, if people have a certain amount of money in their pocket and are morally autonomous, this Randian view of human existence, that if, if we get to live out, if Atlas Shrugged is our nocturnal emission and we get to live that out, then that's the American dream. That's what it is. And I, I found the whole thing illuminating. And I think, guys... That it was, it ended up being a, a very good proxy for where and where, what's gone wrong with the conservative movement from the very beginning, which is we are unwilling to really attack the premise of, of of where the left is coming from and the doctrines of demons that they're turning into political policies. We we are just unwilling to do it for various reasons. And I think a lot of it frankly is, and I say this as somebody who grew up in um, in a non-Christian home who was fully exposed growing up and in my teenage and college and single years, and even into my married years to the full accoutrements of the sexual revolution, who is part of the porn generation who has fought as my buddy, Fred Stoker writes, you know, every man's battle all of my life. All right. Where this topic is concerned. So I have a, I have a lot of personal experience with this. I think in the end, there's just a, there's, there's plenty of, of, of secular minded people, people within conservatism that, that don't want to take stands against these things because they themselves are enjoying them and they themselves are doing them. And it's the same reason. It's the same reason this Hollywood actress that we're all out there that I've never heard of this. I've read now nine articles clickbaiting this woman. I have no idea. I don't know her name. I've never heard of a thing, a show or movie she's in, but she's out there talking about how she's happy. She aborted her kid because it meant that she could go on there, go, go on and become rich. We keep click baiting her as, uh, but the reality is she's articulating the same sort of me first view of the world that you saw with the way people responded to Matt Walsh this, this, this past weekend, which is I like this sin. I want to be able to do it. And therefore I want access to it and I want it available. And I think that's what most of this is. I think in the end, if you ever want to know why people, why people go soft on a moral principle, It's always because they're compromised in their private life. I can't think of a single time that that wasn't true. And I'll just open it up and you guys can comment away if you would like.
2: Well, first of all, uh, I'm glad we're having the debate. But I want to say, Steve, right away that I had a better weekend than you did because I did not follow all this stuff. (laughs) But seriously, I am glad we're having the debate around pornography because nobody seems to want to touch it. Because so many people are enjoying yeah. it, Josh McDowell, Josh McDowell, who this has become his issue, and he is with, uh, g- give me the name, uh, yes. Camp, Campus Crusade, Campus Crusade. Yep. This has become his is- issue because of the demonic effect it's having on individuals, that's having on marriages, it's having on families, it's having on churches, it's having on communities about freeing up the addict to porn. He said, "You go to church any Sunday." He goes look around, and seventy plus percent of the men are doing porn at, le- at least, and forty plus percent of the women at are least. doing porn. Yep. And he said, in "The main reason, Steve, you just hit it: that the pastors aren't talking about pornography. Well, either they have no idea how to confront it, or they're doing it themselves." See, here is the thing, and
1: this is let me make this just real. That's personal. why I'm glad we're having the debate because when I when I say I'm not, I don't say that they're doing it and want access to it from a condemning viewpoint, but from an empathetic one because I've walked more than a mile in those shoes. Sure. All right. When, if, when we've gone through periods in our marriage where we're not getting along like every other couple does, or I feel justified in, I'm not being satisfied in a certain way. So I feel justified in acting out. When I have returned to this stomping ground, it's because it's accessible to me. If it wasn't accessible to me, or if I had to do things that would risk public exposure, that would risk public mm. ridicule, that would put me in positions where I'd have to in, to engage a criminal underbelly that could endanger me, am I less or more likely to go back to that stomping ground if it's not easily accessible to me? What's well, well, the well, answer?
2: Well, way more or less. As a matter of fact, Josh McDowell talked about that. You need to limit the supply or bring it out to the that's light. Exact, and that's and this
1: is why everything that is that we have made illegal in the past along these lines, it's because. If, if government says it's okay to do this. More and more people We're are doing. going to say, therefore, that it's okay, because if I can't get God to give me what I want, and gov- then the next biggest force on earth yeah. is government. That's the issue. It's more accessible, so it's easier for me to act on it than if I if I thought, boy, I could really use some cocaine right now, if I could really use some meth right now. That's not, I, that's not easy for me just to jump on my phone and get access to, and to do like, it in secret. self-medicate that way, and in secret, allegedly, like this is. That's what it, this is it, about.
2: And Steve, because you and I have a front row seat and we interview these people who want to be president of the United States. The one question that many times they get that, that stumbles them is that what is the purpose of government?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so they might talk about, well, we need economic freedom, we need to have a stock market rise, we need to have national defense, we need No, 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 no. What is the purpose of government? The purpose of government is to promote justice and righteousness. It's one of God's institutions justice and righteousness so then you have to put the pornography debate into that lens is this about justice and is this about righteousness and i'd happen to say absolutely not so, so here's And freedom the, of speech you think the founders ever thought what we see on the internet today that that's the freedom of speech no, that we should say no they had yeah, stockades yeah,
1: and things like that sure. for stuff like this so this is an argument like i'm this is and, and i'm gonna kirby you sent me the note so i'm gonna mention you okay Hey, I just saw your the, the segment on Twitter and what you were just saying uh, about the legalization of porn. I, too, have struggled with this my whole life and do not want access to it, but I disagree that anyone defending its legality do so because they want access. I don't want it illegal because I believe each adult should be able to choose yes or no on whether they should watch it, not the government. And it's not the same as the legal abortion argument. Abortion involves murdering humans, but porn, through though bad, does not directly harm others. Any harm is indirect. That do you know how many former oh porn gosh. stars have come out and said, the exact opposite. You are. How much that they were either desperate to get into it, they stuck with it because of drugs and everything else. There's been so many of these interviews. How many of the women involved in this are human trafficked as well? Yes. Okay. So Okay. So, so do you believe people should be allowed to decide whether someone should be trafficked for their pleasure or for, or, for, or for their orgasm or not. What that it, it, Again, this is not, this is, we make up these canards. I know, I did this. I did, I made all these arguments because I like justifying my sin. Like all, like you do, like you do, like you do. And like all of you watching do, we all love to justify the sins that we love. So I know all these arguments. They're all fallacious. They're all specious. They're all weak. I know. I, I use them all myself. These are not even arguments. They're justifications. That's what they are. And let me put it in another context. Are you for the legalization of prostitution? Because I have a hard time understanding how anyone is for the legalization of porn and not prostitution. Because in both cases, an individual is taking money to have sex with strangers. It's just in one case, it's being filmed. So should a John walk into a court and and demand that his solicitation charge be dismissed on the grounds that I pulled out my iPhone and recorded it? Right? Right? Mm-hmm. Should, that, should that therefore that exactly. hey, every solicitation charge, I just dismiss it. If I pull out my iPhone and record it, I can say we were doing pornography, legal exchange. She consented it to it being filmed. So therefore, even though she is a known prostitute, it's not solicitation. We were making a film. Could I not make that argument then? I'm sure you, could are not, you, you can't be for one and not the other
2: period. So Steve, the question I'd have, even if it goes back to Kirby's email, let's say that you're, you're doing pornography. Does that make your marriage with Amy stronger? Or compromise.
1: Well, it's an interesting situation because we both had pornography issues when we came in. Why, why do you think Amy's getting her second master's degree on sexual dysfunction? Sure. Because she's had to fight. They say, we both had this battle coming in. In general, though, yeah. I see what you're saying.
2: But what okay. it is, is that pornography kills relationships? It kills relationships with marriage, it kills, kills relationships with, with families, it objectifies uh, the opposite sex or maybe even the same sex, whatever it might be, but it objectifies, reduces it to a sexual purpose. That to me is a bigger issue. So get back to the core purpose of government. Does it promote righteousness? I'd say absolutely this does not promote righteousness. So why why would we allow it? Why would we say this is legal to do it? Why would we say that you can go into a hotel room and you can pay $9.95 and have any porn tape you want in the hotel room? You don't have to do that today. Why? Because you bring in your laptop. You don't need that TV anymore today. And you do it totally in secret versus saying, I I now have to submit this expense form to my business. And they're saying, what was the 995 movie for?
1: They just had a story. What was it last week or two guys about an account on Pornhub? That was a 15 year old girl, correct? Wasn't that a national story who was being human trafficked? Yeah. And she was recognized on there. And I mean, and so who knows how many, how much of that, is involved in this. And again, I, I, I understand having walked more than a mile in, the, in these shoes myself. I understand how alluring it is. I do. I don't, so do, do not mistake my passion and conviction on this for condemnation or judgment. It's it's a recognition. You know, you've heard me say before. You can always tell what a pastor is the most passionate about, or what what, what sin a pastor a pastor is struggling with in his own life, because that's what he's the most passionate about. All right, it, it, my passion comes from a recognition of what this does to you and how hard this is to let go. I understand this. I've been there. Okay, and that's why I'm telling you, making it accessible, like like we do, makes it even worse. And then you throw in. All of the other human trafficking angles and everything else that goes goes along with this. My daughter brought in a human trafficking speaker on a on a theater camp that she was the she was she was helping to run. She was the student leader of the of a theater camp here in town, and she lined up speakers for the for people to come in and talk to the kids each week. And one of them came in and talked about human trafficking here in Des Moines, and how often what'll happen is they will entice teenage girls, college girls, into uh, sex acts. They'll film it. And then they'll tell them, "Hey, we'll put it up on the internet. We'll we'll let your parents see it, unless you agree that every time we 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 essentially text you a code and you show up to have sex with this individual, okay? Then you know that's that that's how this tape will then stay underground. And that this happens in in like every Walmart, Target parking lot, uh, you know, each week in a place like Des Moines, Iowa. So it's happening, stop. yeah. State Fair. If it's happening in Des Moines, Iowa, imagine what's happening if you live in a major city. Todd, do you have any thoughts on this?"
4: Well, men are – the, the data is all there. Men are increasingly falling into a level of uh, isolation, and this is worldwide now. This is where the, the birth rate is just simply going down because of people are mm-hmm. checking out of the real relationships, Bob, that you just you got done talking about. And when we're built for a relationship and our nation is founded on the notion of uh, the laws of nature – Nature's God. That's why these arguments of that, uh, you know, just leave me alone government. Mm -hmm. We're not for big government here, but we're here for proportional government. We're here for appropriate government. That's conservatism. This and, and we're all guilty of that small government thing that we were boilerplating around for decades. That's on us, too, because it's not ultimately just about the tiniest government you could see, because now we're just Yosemite Sam, the Wild West, and they're going
2: to come for you sooner or later. But you're getting down to the purpose. And to me, this is also a John 1010 10 moment. John 1010, 10, where it says, you know, the thief comes to rob, to kill, to steal. That's Satan. And so I take like a look at pornography. The people involved in it, the people are getting paid to, paid to do this, uh, the people producing this, and then the people participating in it. That's robbing, that's killing, that's stealing, primarily relationships. We're on their side of John 1010, I came to give life and give it abundantly. Mm-hmm. So what we're saying, I don't want to be Joel Osteen, but there's a better life for you right now than doing that pornography stuff. So yeah, do I believe it's a heart issue? You bet I believe it's a heart issue. And we need to get the heart right to say, I, I'm going to make a covenant with my eyes and with my fingers and with my computer. I'm not going there anymore. But the other part of it is, if the purpose of government is to promote righteousness, we have to ask ourselves, does this really fit? Do you know that Ronald Reagan, after Ted Bundy, started a por- pornography commission? And it was George H.W. Bush that dismantled it? But the, the eels are, are we pornography. No. No. We got about
0: 20 seconds. Okay.
1: okay. All right. Yeah. When you start frantically wailing arms, uh, no, I, I don't, just I don't know hear, what that means. No.
0: I didn't okay. hear the music. I'm doing my best. Okay. Uh, right. You're trying doing to get great. Us
1: out. Okay. Bob, excellent points, man. Good to see you as always. Good to see you guys as well. We'll come back with hour number two next. And greetings. We're back with our number two live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. By the way, if you are listening to us today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review wherever you podcast from, the more of those we get, the more Skynet, otherwise known as the social media algorithms that govern our lives these days, the more that they find that people like us and help us find more people like you, and then the more likely we are to get to do this for a living. Because if you've hung out with any of us for more than five minutes, you know that there's no plan B here. If we, if we can't make this work, then, well, I, I, do it for the children. Hours. 888 is the number, steve, at stevedace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Try liking us on Facebook. Good luck with that. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. So normally on Mondays in our second hour, we turn it over to you for our weekly town hall, but uh, this week we're going to do something a little bit different because we're going to get to have a conversation that I think is far more important than 99.99999% of what actually does get discussed in a lot of uh, advocacy or mainstream media today because it's really the question of the age. Who is God? Who is Jesus Christ? And therefore Based on those two answers, who are we? And then who are we to be? And we're going to get a chance to do this with somebody that I'm guessing has a bit of a different view on these questions than my own. And we are honored to have with us here today, Christopher Hale. He's an alum from the Obama White House. Those of you that watch Fox News, you may have seen him as a Democrat Party regular on there or Democratic Party regular. I'm not one of those people that has to make the word Democrat. I just sometimes do that out of habit. He's a Democratic Party regular on there. uh, And uh, he's also a Time Magazine opinion contributor. And he put something out on Twitter a few days ago that caught my eye, got my attention. And then he responded by saying, "Hey, we should discuss this on your show." And I said, "By all means, let's do so." So let's welcome Christopher Hale to the program. Christopher, it's good to have you with us. How are you?
3: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing well. How are
1: you, Steve? I am I could be a little better, but I could be a lot worse, you know how it is, brother. So, did I get Wonderful. your did I get your bio, okay? Is there anything else that you kind of wanted to throw in there?
3: No, absolutely. I think the one thing I would note is for President Obama, Um, I did do uh, faith outreach. So I'm on this weird and difficult intersection of Christianity and progressive politics, which is complicated and not always easy. And there's, as you probably experienced in the conservative movement, there's sometimes backlash, but I'm glad to be on the phone with you today.
1: Well, I've been in this uh, weird intersection. I, I got into this thinking it was actually fairly seamless and simple, uh, but it's gotten increasingly weird and difficult uh, over the course of my career uh, between conservative politics and my evangelicalism. Uh, so I, you'll have a, somewhat of a sympathetic uh, view uh, where that's concerned. But I, I want to begin with what kind of um, prompted this conversation. And it was an opinion that you gave on Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Before I ask you about that specifically, though, let, let's let's go more meta and take a step back. Christopher, who do you believe Jesus Christ is and and what's that in, opinion informed by and based upon?
3: Well, first and foremost, it's my Catholic faith, my Christian faith. Um, Jesus is the son of God. But he's also the son of Mary. He's He's God become flesh. I think the most uh, vivid image as we kind of come to this Advent season into Christmas is that uh, in the Gospel of John, it says that God became flesh. And actually, if you look at the original Greek, it says God became factum, which is actually a being, a fact, an actual reality of, uh, of history. Um, and so I think that the entire cosmos is about this question of God coming closer and closer to his creation in Jesus. Um, And I think that inspires my politics. You look at who who God became. God became small. Uh, God did not become as a king. He came as a child, uh, born of an unwed mother uh, in a far-flung place, far from power, far from the cultural centers. Uh, New York City and L.A. and D.C. are not where God came. God came to Aleppo God came to Nairobi. God came to the small places. And so that's important in my politics, and that's caused me to challenge my own party. But I say that's what's most important thing is that God uh, God became flesh to—God to, became poor for the poor to save us. And so we're to mimic God. And so I think we're called, especially during this holy season, to look at our politics and say, how can we serve those on the margins of society? Because Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew that the first—the uh, last become first. So I think that's really how I view Christ and view God is— is a total communication of God's love for us and what salvation
1: looks like. Does that give you a sense of that, Steve? Yeah, that's a good answer. Um, so that tells our audience, and the reason I'm asking you these background questions is I don't know, you probably don't know me from Adam. I hate straw man arguments and constructs. Sure. Okay. So I've spent a lot sure. of time, I've probably done 50 appearances over the years on networks like MSNBC, for example. So I've had I, I've probably done more in left media uh interactions than almost anybody in conservative media has the last decade. So I'm I like these sorts of conversations. And so I want our audience to find out what you think from you rather than getting me framing questions that that paint you into a corner. If you end up in a corner, I want it to be one you painted yourself in, Chris, not me. All right. So I, I want well, our audience I, I to get an idea that. who you are. Okay. So I appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh and and so they you've told us who you think jesus is why do you think jesus came to earth
3: saved human creation i mean the 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 in genesis we're told that uh human beings fell and that there we are fallen creatures and that there was time and again throughout the ages prophets uh, foretold of a salvation that would come towards us and jesus is the fulfillment of that um i think jesus offers us two things he offers us salvation um, uh, through his life, death, and resurrection uh, um, in Calvary, but he also offers us an example of how we ought to live our lives. One of the interesting things, you're evangelical, I'm Roman Catholic. What's interesting about uh, that, we, we, I think our worldviews, uh, I would say there, there's, there, there's questions and, and, and difficulties that I face day in and day out. Um, really, from my worldview, we are called to model Christ, we can't just say salvation alone and what happened on Calvary alone is enough to save us. We have to mimic that every day. Um, heaven is not just light years away and, and at the end of time. What we're called to bring heaven to earth every day, and, and, and in our politics, which is, creates difficulties. Um, you and I are proud to be our best best Christians, but sometimes that means we're bad Democrats and bad Republicans. But I think that is the purpose of life: um, it, it is to is to, to to live as Jesus taught us and to to achieve salvation through his grace but we are called to, we are called to act on that in some capacity alone as well
1: what is salvation in your view chris and why do you think we need it
3: salvation is twofold um so salvation is is a question of what happens to us um at the end of time um i believe that if if we live a life that honors god and honors god's precepts we will we will be um we will enter into this holy mystery is what what uh what some of the, the early fathers of the Christian tradition church call it, a holy mystery where we'll be reunited. But also there is salvation, I think, offered to us day in and day out. There's glimpses of heaven here on earth. Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand, or another translation says in our, our midst. So yes, there is eternal salvation at the end of life offered to us, but we're also called to be co-creators of that salvation in a small way. I would never call us, and we'll talk about this in a second, We are not Christ, but we are called to be Christ-like. And so I think there are moments of salvation, glimpses of salvation that we are called to perform every day. So we are co-creators, co-participators in the mystery. Um, uh, Jesus calls us to be workers in the vineyard. So it's a question of the end of time, but also here and now. So it's both and.
1: Okay. When Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except by me. What do you believe that means?
3: Sure. Well, it's interesting that he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Those are the three words that, 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 that communicate journey. Uh, Pope Francis, and before him, Pope Benedict XVI said, it was noteworthy that Jesus never said, I am the answer. Um, he said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. So it is a communication to me of how we are ought to journey our, our lives. So let's go with the way. Jesus tells us in the Gospel of St. Matthew that the the, that the the way is a way of poverty, a way of self-abasement. The, the most most particular example of the way is the cross. Um, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas talks about at the cross, Jesus has total abasement, but that is our salvation. So we are all called to become small, to become poor, uh, to become last. That's the way. Let's look at the truth. Jesus is the truth. The truth is a perfect person and the dynamic of being a person um, is remarkable to me truth is not just some esoteric ideals jesus was not just a philosopher and this is really important and i think you and i would agree that jesus is not just a philosopher but a savior and so we are called to 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 um, be as christians to be followers of him as the truth and to live um in that truth so there is a um there's a cost of entry, if you will, and the cost of entry, of course, was paid for us on Calvary, but we ourselves every day are called to to um, what St. Paul says in Galatians, make up what is lacking for Christ's affliction on the cross, and Jesus is the life. Um, you and I should talk about this, and I hope we will. Um, there is this great question uh, that we need to we need to flesh out as Christians about what life is and how we can participate in, 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 uh, flourishing life. Um, I think life begins at conception, but I don't think it ends there. And I think that, uh, Jesus really calls us in, 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 in being in life to, to, uh, lift up the dignity of life of all people. That is the greatest gift that God gives us is life. That is God's greatest gift to the human community is life. Um, and, but that being said, we have to protect and defend it at all stages of it. So, way, truth, and life. I hope that that wasn't a uh, concise answer, but I hope it was a thorough and gives you a sense of how I see
1: it. Sure. Do you do you believe in hell?
3: Oh yes, I believe in hell. Um, I believe in the devil. Um, I believe in evil. Um, I believe that. However, I think we have to realize that the the reality of of these questions requires nuance. Um, there is there even in the worst people on earth there is something redeeming in them and i do believe that and i'm not and I, i'm not basing that on anything but faith and, and and biblical truth itself jesus says that jesus says that even within the most sinful structures and people god is somehow mysteriously at work and i have a dogmatic certainty that god is at work in every person's life um, over and beyond what we see as their weaknesses and our own weaknesses. God is at work in our lives over and above our own weaknesses. Um, so is there hell? Yes. And Jesus says that there's a narrow gate to heaven, and, but there is never a communication st- with, with, with one exception of who is in and who is out. We know the mission. We know the guidelines. We know uh, what it takes. But we do not know the heart of every human person. Um, and so we, we should be, I think, skeptical to say who is in hell. Are there people in hell? Absolutely. Does evil exist? You betcha. Um, the that doesn't mean it's not complicated. Um, the devil is at work, but we also have to be sure that the only thing more original than original sin is grace. So God always defeats, uh, the devil. And so, yes, there is hell. Yes, there is evil. Uh, uh, Yes, there is a devil, but God is greater than all of these. And this is this is not me making this out of thin air. This is biblical faith told through us from Genesis to Revelation.
1: So, based on everything that you have expressed, is the core of your belief system? How the best? Of... Go ahead. No, what were you to say? Try. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: Oh, I thought you were asking—is it the core? Yeah, you, okay. you, I think you've given it. I've giving you concise. Go ahead. Though. Okay.
1: So, based on what you've shared with our audience about what is the core of your belief system? Walk them through the math that leads you to believe Speaker Nancy Pelosi embodies that Christ-like va- virtue and and persona and values that that sure. you just well, pointed out. You hold in, in high esteem yourself.
3: So we need to look at so what what I was particularly talking about on that tweet. I think this is also a pertinent thing to understand in in the way of faith. So Jesus tells us there is a way of living. And there is teachings of faith that are put on top of that. Uh, the early fathers of the church talked about orthodoxy, and which means correct teaching,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and orthopraxis, which means correct practice. So let's put it this way. Um, a person, you can look at their political worldview and say, Well, I disagree with X, Y, Z about their political worldview, and we can look at the scriptures and we can say this is why you should disagree with that. So you might say that you, you don't you question their orthodoxy. However, Jesus tells us that the way someone lives their life, their personal life, is also a pertinent part of it. Um, I have the particular honor, I would say, of knowing Nancy Pelosi, not just knowing about Nancy Pelosi, but knowing her as a human being. Mm -hmm. Um, I have had the the privilege of a face-to-face encounter. So let's start on the orthoproxis part, and I'll go back on the orthodoxy. But I know her to be a good woman. I know her to be a prayerful woman. I prayed with her. I know her to think deeply about her faith. Um, about her world about her her obligation as a Christian um, as a follower of Jesus um, she is not as outspoken forgive us us Catholics aren't often as outspoken um, it's part of the it's part of the uh, the nature of it if you will the the, the ethno culture of being Roman Catholic in this country but in a personal encounter I know her to be a woman of God. And what I saw in that encounter with James Rosen that that got so much news on Thursday was she said, James Rosen said, do you hate the president? And she responded, uh, N- you know, I, I'm Catholic. I don't hate the president. And so what I'm trying to say there is I think she was operating out of love of country, patriotism, love of country. I don't think she uses this, this, um, this uh, question of impeachment as a a act of hating the president of the United States, but loving our country and the constitution and, and those, our ancestors who defended it and the values that we uphold. What's well, going to orthodoxy them? Um, I think that's that's going to be, that's what I think caused the, the consternation. Do I agree with everything that Nancy Pelosi, uh, Every everyone in Nancy Pelosi's uh, political beliefs? No, no one does. No, no one absolutely does. I, I agree with her on immigration. Uh, Jesus Christ himself was a, was a uh, refugee seeking, seeking a refuge in in, 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 the, in the despotic Herod's regime. I'm with her that I think we have a, a, a call from the beginning of time from, from Genesis itself, to to be good stewards of creation to protect and sustain God's creation um, I, I agree with her that that there's dignity in work and that there, we should be we should be on the outlook for the vulnerable. I think she should have done more on that I don't think I don't think she's done enough but I'm going to dis- I disagree with her on, on the nuances of abortion politics, but let me let me put this, let, me, let me let me be very clear on this. I don't think the Republican party gets abortion right either. I don't think Donald Trump who in 1999 called himself quote very pro-choice end quote gets it right either. Um, I think that the reality of it is, is both sides use abortion politics for electoral gain and no one has any intent of actually changing Changing the in, in electing, very few men and women have actually really little intent on actually changing the reality of abortion in this country. So I disagree with her on that. But that being said, I still think I see I, I see um, Christian values in this woman. Um, what maybe you could I see Christian values in in, in political figures I've disagreed with in the past. The, the idea that politicians can't have Christian values infused in them it, it, it is. Um, contested by the reality of human history. Um, and so that, that was the point. I, do, do I use the press words. I think I use words that probably speak to a smaller segment of the population um, than, than the wider audience. But I, I, I stand by the idea that I think Nancy Pelosi is a deeply Christian woman, and I think she operates from a modus operandi uh, of faith. I think over and above her many weaknesses, I see that in her. And I think that you, your, your listeners today, who I know to be good people, I think they should, they should take, take you just holiday season, just take a moment. Even if you don't agree with Nancy Pelosi, if you think she's the devil incarnate, she's the third and most powerful person in this country. And I think that we as Christians can at least pray for her. And not, not in a fake, uh, uh, passive recipe, but out of sincere love of country, as I pray for Donald Trump and vice president Pence every day.
1: I think that last part is good advice. Um, I mentioned to you earlier, I don't like constructs. So just, to, just so you know, I, 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 you can return the favor, because our audience, I don't put up with any of those binary choice arguments. I didn't vote for Donald Trump in the last election, um, partly because I've known him for years. So um I mm-hmm. those sorts of things, I'm not even a, I haven't been a registered Republican for years. I don't I don't know anything short of what you could say that would get you um, you know, in a civil court for slander or liable. What well, you could say sure. to be critical of how the Republican Party has deceived Christians on issues like life that I have not either said to this audience or written in numerous publications and books. And frankly, it's one of the reasons why you're on Fox news a hell of a lot more than I am. Okay. Because I refuse to play that game. So, um, you, you, that, that, that argument to our audience, they've heard all of that, you know? So, um, I, 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 I think they're probably more interested in how you navigate this as an individual on the other side of the aisle. For example. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had any conversations with Nancy Pelosi on the issue of life?
3: Yes, I have, and actually, just so your audience knows, not only have I had conversations with Nancy Pelosi on the issue of life, but Barack Obama as well. Um, and you, you can think what you want about me, and that's fine. Your 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 audience can. can you, I think they should, I encourage them to get to know me a little bit better. I am not. Chris, we brought you here. We
1: we brought you here to let them get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. That's why yeah. we did that.
3: Yes, yeah, so, oh, I appreciate. It. I appreciate that, and I think I'm, I am not beloved with my party. Um, I think that there's a lot of issues that I have stood up for, and it has cost me political capital. Um, it has cost me uh, relationships in some capacity. Um, I am not a idol of, of the Democratic Party. Um, I know our weaknesses and our shortcomings, and I have fought for these values within this party. And I, I have I have been some I have I have paid the price in some capacity. Am I am I somehow oppressed by party? No, not in any capacity. I am a Democrat, but I'm a Democrat who can count to ten. I'm a Democrat who knows that there are wackos out there and folks who are, are living in in false pretenses. And I I'm a Democrat who believes in this country, who believes in service and sacrifice and faith. Um, and I have had these conversations, and I have I have tried to make movement on it. Here's what I would say on this: It's going to take people of good conscience on both sides to stand up to their parties. There is a governing coalition that has yet to be achieved in this country of folks who have allegiance to country first and foremost over party. And what's, uh, it's what's, what's frustrating to me is as I, I've been, I've been out of Washington for about a decade now. Um, there is a sense that the the division in this country is, it's is structurally built in and, and not, uh, not uh, able to be overcome. I actually think Christians can be a good source of overcoming that. Our, our allegiance God bless our country and our allegiance is to is to the kingdom of god first we know that our nation is just a, a just a, a product a, that that it that it will not be eternal and that we serve a higher kingdom so i have i've had these conversations with barack obama and nancy pelosi and and, and, and joseph biden and 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 beat even um they're, they're not going to change their position on on choice on reproductive choice i don't i don't see that coming But I think we can make
1: small steps. Do you think Jesus would call it reproductive choice, Chris?
3: Um, I don't know. I don't think Jesus, Jesus never really talks about um, within the context of of abortion. There's this conversation that Jesus never had. Jesus never said, I knew
1: you in your mother's womb. He didn't, he didn't say that. He didn't, he didn't say that he didn't say that did in the psalms to david he didn't, he didn't he never said something like that he's jesus J- 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 jesus jesus J- well let me you know what this may this may settle something are you not do you sure. are you not a trinitarian thinker
3: oh i am a trinitarian okay. thinker but i but let's clarify something too i don't think i don't think that jesus uh i don't think jesus quoting psalms means that jesus said it so I think okay you really
1: don't so you, do you who do you think was the? who do you think was speaking in the old testament who do you think that was
3: well, so this is the Catholic worldview. The Catholic worldview would say it, it is God speaking. Uh, it's divinely inspired word, but it is written by human beings. Of course, we know David's Psalms. We, we, we know with Genesis. Um, so this is also something really important I think that we should hone in on. There is a difference between truth, veritas, and fact. And that is, not a, that is a claim. That, the word fact is actually a 19th century create okay so do you
1: you not believe do you you think the bible is fact
3: i believe the bible is true okay this is not me speaking as an individual this is me speaking this is this is a communication the catholic faith um i think the gospel is fact and truth but the bible itself is truth um i don't think that i don't think you think this either maybe i misunderstand uh you but i don't think you think that the the world was created in seven days. Actually, you think that we think as Catholics, we think that is a metaphor that communicates a, a deeper truth about about who God is and, and the order of creation. But I don't think the world was created in seven
1: days. Okay, so um, all right, so I don't you, think that. Right, like I don't Jesus, believe I'm an, when Jesus says I'm the salt of the earth. I don't believe I'm an upright vat of iodine. Right. I know I know that that's a metaphor sure. for salt as a preservative in the in the time in which he was speaking to those people in their customs. I understand that. So. So, why do you believe life begins at conception? Then
3: it's a, it's a biblical belief. It's a biblical belief. Um, for me, the the uh, the best example is Jesus Himself. Uh, we I, I was born on the Feast of the Annunciation, on March twenty fifth. We we hear that um, that Mary she goes uh, to did Mary, Mary have reproductive Mary is, choice? Well, they, there was there was no question. There was no there was no. I don't know anything about the construct of uh, uh, Roman law, but were there abortions in, in ancient Palestine? I'm sure there were. Um,
1: Actually, the, they they were the, very concerned. I, I, I'm probably more familiar with Catholicism than you probably think that I am, first of all. But, Please, go ahead. But, but actually, there, you know, one of the earliest traditions of, of of the church is the Didache. I believe it's what, the first or sure. second Didache. century. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and it addresses this particular topic. Um, in the Old Testament, for example, the Pharaoh instructed them to pra- practice a form of what we would now call partial birth, or late term is probably a better description, of late term abortion, um, uh, you know, when, with the Hebrew midwives. So... It's, this isn't, you know, we may we may have made it "quote unquote" safe, legal, and rare. But this is this is, you know, this is not something new. The discarding of innocent life; otherwise, Christians wouldn't have had to create orphanages. Correct? I mean, that, 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 this has been going Absolutely, on for for, for for eons.
3: Sure, but in the 11th century, Thomas Aquinas makes a claim that he's one of the Church Fathers. He makes the claim that life mm-hmm. begins at "quote unquote" in Solman, and He makes this weird mathematical formula about when in Solman occurs. But I think that what we get at here is the the difficult reality, the gritty reality of trying to legislate from a biblical worldview is is difficult and impossible at some sense. We we live in a so. Then, if you think it's difficult
1: and impossible, why are you okay with using it? With your interpretation of of what the Bible says about immigration, which by the way I don't agree with that I mean the the immigration laws demanded full assimilation you couldn't join the nation of Israel uh, unless you actually changed religions Ruth had to change religions to go with Naomi uh, and, and and join the Israelites she had to leave the gods of Mesopot she had to leave the gods of Mo, the Moabites behind so the, it demanded full on there was there was not like you know a little Edom uh, or a little Philistia um, within Israel you if you want if you wanted to join and, and be a part of that country you had on a permanent basis you had to assimilate fully that's what the term sojourner means journeyman passerby somebody passing through not someone who just gets to come squat and say well you know what we're going to do my religion and my customs now and you're going to subsidize it so but but so I don't well, even yeah. agree with your interpretation on that but tell me then why you're okay with activating a biblical worldview on issues on some issues and then not like on the issue of life why is life complicated but for you but the issue of immigration is not
3: oh the immigration issue is absolutely complicated and i think that's a big thing we have to operate on we operate with the the truth of principles the grittiness and and nuance of policy and so for me I, i don't believe in open borders i don't think we should we should simply uh, we should simply uh, uh, tear down immigration law. But also, too, I don't think that I don't think that the 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 um the idea that we can just have one swath uh, stroke of a pen and change the reality of abortion in this country is mm-hmm. possible. I think that we have to have incrementalism and nuance and difficulty of legislating in a pluralistic society. Would you have said um, the same um, thing about
1: slavery in the 19th century that we had to do the same thing, or would you have been an abolitionist?
3: Well, I mean, I hope I've, I hope I've been an abolitionist, but I think the reality of it is even Lincoln, who who we 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 um, we in retrospect make a, make this um, uh, diathepic di- di- vision, he struggles with the realities of how to deal with this in time and place. And I do not think, and we should talk about this. I do not think that the idea that uh, slavery and
1: Oh, right, you're cutting out on, on me there I don't think a it's little bit. Help. Can you repeat that it point, helps. there, Chris? I'm sorry, you, you were see, fading out. What realities, Chris. Chris, can you hear me? Okay, you were yes, fading out. Our think, audience uh, did not catch that. Can you repeat that point, please?
3: Yes, to clarify. Okay. I don't think it's helpful to, to compare over time the issue of slavery in the United States in the 19th century and the issue of abortion in the 21st century. I think they're different. I think they. I don't think. I don't think comparing them is actually helpful in a policy sense. I think it, it can. It can stir up. Uh, 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 emotions and realities But I don't think I don't think I don't think comparing them helps I think it's more complicated but let's go back to me I want to I, I want to ask you C- I've, C- I've D- got D- D- to get
1: to a break you want to ask me sure. something I'll let you do that when we come back okay I'll I'll tell you what I will do this I'll turn it over to you when we come back sure and you can ask me anything you want when we return all right I'll, I'll let you turn the tables on me okay
3: appreciate
1: you. Thank you. Uh, you got it. We'll come back and more with Christopher Hale, former Obama administration alum, Fox News uh guest and also Time Magazine contributor here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Stay tuned. All right, back here with Christopher Hale, who is a Christian and a progressive and a Democrat and a big fan of Speaker House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, whom he (laughs) has mentioned he knows. He's worked in the Obama administration. Uh, Maybe you've seen him on Fox News. Uh, He's also a political contributor over at Time Magazine. I have other questions I want to ask you, Chris, but I'm a man of my word. So I told you when we came back, I would let you turn the tables on me. You can ask me absolutely anything you want. The floor is yours.
3: Well, I think one of the things I would do, and I, you can kind of turn this around on me, I would love to see as a devoted Christian, evangelical, um, who, who supports President Trump, what is your biggest difficulty with the man um, as a Christian? Um, as, uh, um, what, what is your biggest concern or reservation, um, particularly um, with him at, as the president, the 45th president of the United States?
1: Well, I didn't vote for him last time. Uh, Even though he tried to hire me to work for his candidacy uh, in the primary, I didn't even vote for him in the general. I may or may not vote for him this time. My audience would say on a given day, um, it's totally transactional for me with him. And so on a given day, I may feel like it. And then on another given day, I, I won't bother to do it. Today is probably a day. Um, where I I probably would not uh, if we had the election today If you weren't tuned into the opening of the show. I was not very happy, Uh, but I think you're, I think he is the double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Doesn't really have a a true, fully developed worldview of any kind other than materialism, utilitarianism, like most pagans. Um, The reason I didn't go work for his candidacy is I was sitting, uh, standing about 20 feet uh, here in Iowa when he said to Frank Luntz on C-SPAN I, co- I co-MC'd I that event with Frank Luntz actually and I was waiting to meet with him after his appearance on that stage and he said I've never asked God for forgiveness because I've never done anything wrong he mentioned uh, a complete heretical self-esteem teacher named Norman Vincent Peale who makes yep. uh, Joel Osteen look like a you know a, <laughs> a, a, Augustine uh, as his spiritual mentor and that's when I just realized at that time I, I can't do that I can't I, I, you know, can two see you know walk arm in arm unless they see eye to eye. So my sure. issue with him is I think that double mindedness has played itself out in his presidency where there have been very high highs and very low lows. Um, and and I think you're dealing with someone whose character has never truly been confronted because he's not accepted divine accountability. And then he's lar- largely surrounded himself with people that are bootlickers, um, you know, or or civ- similarly uh, are, are, you know, false teachers like Apollo Paula White or, 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 or people that, uh, you know, preach preach the, the, the heredity or the uh, heretical prosperity gospel. So I do think um, that uh, he has more, um, uh, I think he has more regard for uh, Americana than the democratic party does that i think largely because i think this is true of progressivism in and of itself largely wants to deconstruct western civilization and replace it with something that it views as superior from its own uh, viewpoint and belief system um and and nor do i think he wants to put me in jail uh or close my business down because of my christian beliefs like the democratic party including nancy pelosi have made it very plain and clear they're all in and all for Um, And and then you have, you know, Democrat presidential candidates that want to support what is clear mental illness, like gender dysphoria, and and clap like seals when moms show up with their poor nine year old boys at their events and say hey I'm thinking of castrating my kid what do you think and then applaud like this is something great where I, I can't think of a more ingrate sin than to deny the nature that God made me as male or female um and and, and to deny that and 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 to abuse that uh, and to mutilate that uh to me I think that's extreme psychosis uh and and you're it's a it's a sinful form of ingratism it's denying the, the the nature that you were given or made with by by your creator and this is something that is celebrated on a on a regular basis by the democratic party so i often find myself in a conundrum where i don't really believe that the guy in the white house is with me but i also don't think he's my he's he views me as his enemy which i think the people that you roll with do well it's interesting answer your question
3: yes it does i wanted to respond (laughs) i can just respond to one part of that sure um i i think that I, I, on, on the question of LGBT and, and transgenderism, et cetera. Um, I don't, I, I, I just I have to voice disagreement there and maybe we can go into that in a little bit more detail, but I want to say something that I think you, you've hit on, um, talking about deconstructing the West. Um, we need traditions. We need structures. We need, we need, um, uh, a- ancient institutions. Um, in fact, that's really the, 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 the uh, the, um, Founder of modern conservatism, Edmund Burke. So that was the purpose. Yeah. you know, it, it, yep. it's, it's protect. Um, I think that – I imagine you also have concerns that in, in some ways I, – I, I'm not a faithful viewer. You, uh, I apologize for that. I imagine in some ways you have to have some concerns about um, delegitimizing some American institutions or maybe some authoritarian tendencies. But I appreciate very deeply you calling out uh, the scam that is Paula White. Um, in this White House and pretending that is somehow a, a Orthodox Christian worldview, a president in the White House. Um, no, I
1: you know, think it's, like, I think it's a stench in, in God's nostrils to claim someone like that as your, as your spirit, as your, as, your as, as a presidential spiritual advisor. And I would, no, I, I, I'd say that to him and anybody on his team's face. And they know that, which is why they don't invite me around because they know I'll say <laughs> stuff like that. So, well, and, I, I, and I also want to say
3: though, I think that the, the, the Democratic Party does have an issue with God. I want to put that very clearly. I've been vocal on that. I think there is a anti-religious element that has grown in the left and the Democratic Party instead of squashing it has let it fester and gained some prominence in the party. I would I would disagree with you on who the actors are in that, perhaps.
1: So there's two things I definitely need to ask you about before we run out of time. Please. Okay? Please. So when you look at uh, when when you look at um. Canon teaching in the church, in, 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 the, in the Catholic church. Abortion is referred to as a grave sin. Mm-hmm. And that it is a grave sin to even help with the assisting or procurement, procurement of an abortion. And, and the act of doing so, in fact, I'm looking, I, I wanted to make sure I had the wording exactly right, so I looked it up during the break. I'm actually looking at papal canon law right now as I say this. The act of even doing so is essentially an act of excommunication meaning you are excommunicating yourself by doing this. Okay, you, you are, you are. it's a little bit like when I've taught biblical worldview to students at school, they've said, hey, you know, why'd you give me this grade? I didn't give you this grade. You, I didn't take the test, you did, right? The wages of sin is death, meaning what you, that you earn this. It, it, it wasn't a penalty. You, you know, you earn this, you reap what you sowed. And so here, canon law says to even assist in procuring this, is an act of self excommunication because of because its status within within papal law as a as a grave sin do 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 you believe you can openly promote that you know jesus says why do you call me lord if you do not do what i say we all have sins that we like Pet sins. You know, we were discussing on our show earlier before you came on this debate about whether the government should ban pornography. And I've had, like many men in my generation, a long, a years long running battle with that particular sin in my life, for example. So there, there, mm-hmm. but that's that's a battle. That's a that's a fight we're trying to wage in our lives. I wouldn't come out and openly promote pornography as for the public good, and then expect Jesus to bless that. Do you believe you can openly promote state sanctioned murder? Commit openly grave sins every time the issue comes out in your open advocacy of this as a Catholic and still and and still and still be in good standing as a believer by doing that.
3: Well, and let's get into the details of what we're talking about in canon law. So there is this thing, there is this reality called material cooperation. I'm not going to I'm not I'm not using these words to to denote what I think about uh, abortion, but they say, quote, material cooperation with evil. And that means that simply we materially cooperate with things our church disagrees with. For example, um, we pay taxes as Catholics with things that are th- so clearly against church teaching on a litany of issues, but we materially, co- materially cooperate with it because we participate in a pluralistic, secular society mm-hmm. and we need to have standing in it. So I think there is a, 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 there's a profound But she's an advocate, Catholics.
1: Chris, but she, she is a staunch staunch advocate chris she's a promoter she's not a past she's that. not a bystander chris
3: well i think this is where we disagree i mean I, I i know so for example i've seen internal fights and i've seen internal fights with the with so they were great chris chris through. chris
1: name me one name me one restriction on abortion nancy pelosi has has uh, has advocated in her career name me just one
3: uh, public funding of abortion Hyde Amendment. She was a big player in 2016, bo- both publicly and behind the scenes when the left wanted to get rid of the Hyde Amendment, which I support. Um, uh, when the left wanted to get rid of the Hyde Amendment, uh, she 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 played defense on that. I saw that, pub- that happen publicly. And I mean, let's look. she lost. She lost on that issue for family over time, but she was. She was playing ball. Uh, So you have mentioned
1: earlier that she's the third most powerful person in our government as the speaker, right? She's the most powerful elected Democrat in the country. If she supported the Hyde Amendment, she'd have no ability, no influence whatsoever to get the Democratic Party to move to her direction. And if that's the case, by the way, why would you remain in a party, therefore, that wants to advocate state-sanctioned murder? Why would you do that?
3: Well, I mean, we can ask the same question: Why, why Christians remain in their party? We well, bought, I That's we, why I left. What, what, You're talking to a unique case yeah. here.
1: I left because I couldn't answer sure. these questions. That's why I left. Yeah.
3: Sure. Well, let, let me say, let me say, why I remain in the Democratic Party. Um, I'm here because I think I can provide good to it. I think it's a powerful force for good at its best. I think it can suck at times. I can be. I can think it be a force for for negative things um, time and again. And I'm a Democrat who spent my career fighting against the Democratic Party, um, and, but I think that it's important in a two-party system to have um, some kind of sense of actually gaining ground. Um, in why not, in why not just blow policy. up the
1: two-party system then? I, can, can I be yeah. brutally honest with you? Can I do you I mind? Yes. Okay. Yes. Go for it. This, this has gone differently than I anticipated it was going to go. Cause I've had these conversations with folks proclaiming to be progressives and Christians numerous times in my career. And that's why I started off talking about actual Christian doctrine because I I've made the mistake of talking politics with them. And then when I talked Christian doctrine, they didn't believe in it most of the time. Okay. You have actually articulated my friend, a far more sincere, adherence knowledge and allegiance to to theological orthodoxy than I anticipated coming in okay so so credit to you on that and I should have given you more of a benefit of the doubt and how I initially responded to you on Twitter so that's on me my bad all right that being said though as I've listened to this more and more I'm asking myself why are you in this party then why they don't believe in tradition They they are staunchly for state-sanctioned murder. They fight every restriction against it. They they advocate, we're just, we're one step away from the criminalization of Christianity in the Democratic Party. At at this point, they want complete and total capitulation of your Christian conscience to the state without any exceptions whatsoever. You look at what's happened with the, the welfare state, all of the various costs, all of the debt. You look what's happened with Obamacare, all of the various costs, all of the debt, and the Republicans made it worse by repealing the mandate and then keeping the subsidies and the regs in place. So now we've got Obamacare was probably better than what we actually have right now. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out because I, 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 like you, I tried to challenge my party from within and they didn't like it. They didn't want any of these challenges. They wanted the scam to continue. So I left. So I'm, I'm, I'm as a fellow pilgrim here, as someone who I, sure. I respect your acknowledgement of orthodoxy, which I did not anticipate you were ever going to articulate, at least, and not nearly as well as you did. So credit to you on that. So then I, my next question is, why in the Sam Hill would you remain in a party that at every opportunity rejects all of the orthodoxy you eloquently communicated to my audience in the first segment of this show? Why stay?
3: Well, I disagree that, they, 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 um, that are my party, that Democratic Party at its best, um, does those things. and I think that I, I believe, I feel I have a, a, a mission that I hope in some ways is, is in some ways uh, uh, divinely inspired. I'm, I'm imperfect. I'm a failure. I'm a sinner. Um, I, I fall short a thousand times a day, but I think I can add some good to it. Um, and I think that I can help the party find its best within it. I'm less, I'm more, perhaps, I am more skeptical than you are of the ability to quote unquote blow up the system. The best counterexample to to my claim is, of course, the forty fifth president of the United States. But I think that I can do good within it. But let me, put, let, me let me let me frame this very clearly. Um, I am baptized into the church. Um, I I am I, I am conceived and born into this country, but my allegiance to the Democratic Party isn't as strong as baptism and birth. Um, so I am. Uh, there are many days where I wake up with frustrations with my party. Um, at the current context of twenty uh, December of 2019, I, I feel that I can add value within it. Um, I think that there is a lot of good people and a good, good good folks within the party, both as, as uh, people of faith, people of not of faith, who are doing good for this country. And I want to be a part of that. And I look at the option on the other side. and I don't think that's the vehicle that I believe in. So let me let me, let me frame this out just a little bit more. And I'll, yeah, uh, I'll I'll a, more I better. wouldn't.
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't spend three seconds trying to recruit somebody to the Republican Party. And most of the time, sure. one of my best friends is Congressman Shiproy. I tried to talk him out of running last year sure. uh, because I, I knew he'd get elected and then eventually be every bit as frustrated every day as he is every single day. Um, so sure. I, I again, you're not going to out dunk on the GOP with me. I mean, I, I I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm posterizing them on the regular. Um, but, but can I, then can I give you some unsolicited advice? Do you mind?
3: I'm all, I'm all ears. If, if,
1: if you're really sincere in what you just said, you got to leverage a political party. Otherwise, it, 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 politics is a game of leverage, Chris, not a game of access. That's, that's what a lot of Christians get wrong on the right is they think it's a game of access. So I've got to kiss the ass of the Republican Party all the time and put up with all their junk in order to get a seat at the table. No, you, maybe you need to do that for your fund raising, but no, that's not how you actually move policy. Subversion yeah. does, all right? And so it's, politics is a game of leverage. If you really believe this about the Democratic Party, what I would urge you to do is Instead of talking to Nancy Pelosi, frankly, I'd urge you to get together an alliance of black and brown churches that are actively Democrats, that, that preach orthodoxy from the pulpit, and say, hey, we agree with you guys on healthcare. No, I don't agree with you on that, but that, I'm not a Democrat. I, we agree with you guys on healthcare and some of these other issues, but we are way off. We're, we're, we're creating Republican voters by by the things that the, the you know, drag queen story time hour, these sorts of things and, and put together a coalition of people who under, who have some appreciation of orthodoxy and tradition, as you articulated to our audience, that, that will push the democratic party and say, stop taking us for granted. Okay. And start listening to our concerns. That's actually how you'll get them to move. Not meetings with Nancy Pelosi. Just my two cents. Well,
3: well, I appreciate that, and one thing I want to say on that, and I think this is really pertinent. Once again, we, we have disagreements on on LGBT issues that I don't think we're going to flesh out today. But I, I think where where I can most articulate with that in my own community is the white woke skulls of Twitter um if the democratic party becomes that we are in a we're on a pathway to a permanent no, minority
1: i, I would say state too late but go country. ahead <laughs> i'd say you're there watching your presidential debates well, poor joe biden has essentially rebuked every position of normalcy he once had in order to appeal to white woke twitter that's what he's done
3: When the white woke twitter is not going to win us an election and quite frankly it, it, we one of the phrases you're movement like to use that i'd go off it, it, it is it is um it is um, virtue signaling, and I think that the reality of it is, is that Democratic Party, the rank and file, which you mentioned is brown, black and brown and, and working class, they know that uh, – they, they have the numbers. The question is will the party figure out that reality, um, that the, the, this, the white vote scolds of Twitter are not going to win an election, and they don't represent, they don't represent the values that our party historically has held. Um, and I'm, I'm a part of that fight. And look, I'm also, I don't fit very well with it. You're talking to a 30 year old uh, white male Christian Democrat. There's not a lot of us, um, you know, and um, <laughs> I, I am I'm not, I am fighting. I am fighting a fight. It's not always a win, but I think that I have a particular uh, perhaps um, mission to participate in this difficult and gritty experience called being a Democrat in 2019. Um, and with, with those with those with mm. those cultural identity markers, but you know, we, 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 who knows? We do our best every day, and we it's the it's the uh, aggregation of marginal wins every day, and sometimes we lose as well.
1: Chris, we are out of time, man. But it's been a pleasure Thank having you. you on. You are welcome you to come back here anytime you want. Frankly, you've yeah. been more willing to 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 be transparent about these sorts of topics than 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 a lot of the people on my own team over here on the right that I've tried to engage over the years, who largely want nothing to do with them. So I respect the heck out of you for coming in here, volunteering to come into the mini lion's den here and answer our questions. And again, you are welcome to come back here anytime. All right, take care and Merry Christmas.
3: You as well. Happy Advent, Merry Christmas, everyone.
1: All right, we're going to stick around for the overtime, and uh, Todd and Aaron, you guys are going to give us your your reaction to the conversation that Chris and I just had. For the rest of you, we are back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after the Glenn Beck program. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace.
3: On the Blaze Radio Network.